San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer. Coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up to coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for KF760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show on any device as it airs. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iwymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, lecturer, philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? A marvelous Joe. I just jetted in from Hawaii. Yeah, boy, your arms are tired. Yeah, exactly. That's why I missed last week's show. (laughs) Well, we missed you too, but, uh, you know, we did. Well, in in light of that, um, you know, you always do the, the sponsor readings, and I have to do what is called a make good because I believe I confused Joe Grushkin with Signature Analytics, and I want to make it correct. Yeah, that Joe right Grushkin now. is so cost right, segregation. Yes, initiatives. we know that. So, and he saves real estate investors tons of dough on uh, their, exactly. their tax. And then, uh, of course, Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics, the best CFO for higher firm. Uh, yeah, Jason Kruger, in CPA, town, in CFO town and in seven states. So, and Richard will mention them again, so they're getting we two will, plugs. But anyway, makes, in Hawaii. Joey, check this out. Okay. Check this out. So we went to Kona for three days, then over to Maui for three days for the Women's Fed Cup tennis match, which mm-hmm. is USA against Germany, to watch our friend and neighbor Coco Vanderway play and win two matches. So she did great. But anyway, it was national news because before the start of the tournament on la- uh, last Saturday morning, they played the national anthems of both countries, but the opera singer who sang the journal- German national anthem mistakenly, and I guess unwittingly, sang the version associated with the Third Reich during that. Oh, Nazi my Germany. gosh. Um, oh. One of the German players almost walked off the court and refused to play, so it became huge national news. <laughs> how because did he, he screw something like that up? I'm not up. quite sure how you screw something like that up, but was they the, screwed something the, like that up. Was it a cappella or with the, did they have the there music? There was no music. Oh, okay. Second day, they so just played the song with no nobody singing, which was okay. really smart. But okay. So a lot of the Germans in the crowd started trying to sing over the guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those of us who don't speak German, we had no clue what was going on. Did, until did, we, did he ultimately uh, con- confront the gentleman? And did he know what the No, heck? he didn't know what he was doing. Oh. So uh, before the second match, the... The USTA, United States Tennis Association, apologized to the German team, but they just said for playing the incorrect. Well, next time you know, I'm you thinking know, incorrect. It, that doesn't quite describe it. It's you know, Bruno, really incorrect. Bruno Mars is from Hawaii. Next time, get him. So, yeah, get him. <laughs> right. so uh, anyway, that that All made right. national news. That's national Ouch. news. Okay, and uh, also, I I heard through the grapevine that a major vi- gift is coming to the San Diego Symphony, uh, as if they need another one from Doctor Irwin uh, and Joan Jacobs. But uh, I can't quite tell you what it is yet. But it's a major gift, um, and uh, we'll make that announcement as soon as it's official. And then, of course, we had Miles Himmel on a couple of weeks ago. Great show. And I just want to remind everybody there is a nice fundraiser at the Free Flight uh, bird, Exotic Bird Sanctuary uh, in honor of his dad and his memory. And it's going to be Sunday, Feb 26. If you go to the LarryHimmelFoundation.org and look under the upcoming projects, you'll find it there. And it's very reasonable to get in. I think it's only $10 for adults, 5 for children or something. And $2 like for birds. And $2. <laughs> Actually, uh, 12 and under free, actually. So, and then, uh, and there you have it. And then on the line, we have someone who's going to uh, announce another great auction for the San Diego Gulls, and uh, he should be there. Ed Clancy, are you with us? Ed. I'm here. <laughs> so, so, Ed, I got a hockey question. Are you related to King Clancy? 
<laughs> you know, that's the first time I've been asked about hockey because of, okay. uh, you know, the famous Tom Clancy, the right. author, and, and many others. Yeah, but okay. but anyway, Ed, tell us about, I know you're involved with cycling in San Diego and what the, what this is all about, so go ahead and explain. Well, there's a great opportunity right now with the San Diego Gulls, you know, the premier hockey team in the AHL, winning a lot of great games, and their fantastic coach and organization are, are major supporters of, of many charities. Mm-hmm. Together with Sage Titanium Bicycles, we have a collector's item bicycle painted with the Gulls colors, logos, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, you know, the beautiful orange and white and blue, mm-hmm. a, a Yep, Joe? Yeah, we're there. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're this collector's items are auction it for the San Diego Gulls Foundation mm-hmm. and to make that connection between cycling and the hockey world and the active living healthy lifestyle that we have, love and enjoy in the uh, San Diego area. Wonderful. Now tell us about your organization and and what your uh, goals and mission are real quickly and what's the name of it? What I do is, so I'm the bike guy, and I do a tremendous amount of consulting and initiatives and programs to integrate youth and inspire them to live active living and healthy lifestyles. It's about rider safety and visibility. Mm-hmm. It's about getting outdoors. And one project that we did last year was we hosted the Amgen Tour of California professional cycle race, uh, professional bicycle race, yeah. our version of the Tour de France. Yeah. Up and, and down California, right? Up and yeah, down the state. California, yeah, yeah, up and down the coast. Mm-hmm. And I'm also working with a group to bring national championships here for all ages with USA Cycling so that we have a very engaged organic environment with professional cycling because in our industry in San Diego, in sport and cycling, we contribute over $500 million annually to the sports world and environment. Wow. Nice. So... It, it's keeping that going. It's supporting our partners and friends like the Gulls and making sure that youth are inspired and, and get to see uh, sport and, and engage in activities. There you go. Now, as far as the auction and, and everything involved with the Gulls, I know, uh, you, you know, it's Saturday night. And uh, is there when is the final auction, or the final thing happening? Or is there anything people can do between now and the end of the event? The auction is ongoing. It ends on the 28th of February. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a collector's item, a one-off painted bicycle with the Gulls logos and colors. Mm-hmm. SanDiegoGulls.com backslash Sage Bike Auction there we go. is the site. Okay. Bid early and often and get the, it's a completely built bike. You get the bike from Coach Eakins. And he even offered to go for a ride with you. So, Joe, yeah. if you, you get this bike, you're going to be riding with Coach Eakins. <laughs> I, I need to ride I need to get to at least run for God's sake, but uh, but thanks. Hey Ed, thanks very much. Good luck with everything, and uh, we'll we'll get back with you and get the result of 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 everything. And hey, and the Gulls, what a great way to run a franchise. They sell out almost every game, right? They won like fourteen in a row, right? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Phenomenal, yeah. great organization. And I watched the game last Sunday, and uh, it was televised on another station, as they say. But uh, uh, but they really know what they're doing as far as uh, pleasing the fans. They even had a post game skate with the families. Uh, I guess you had to sign up in advance, and they had a limited amount. But that is really cool. Did any of the players come and hang out for that? Did you go to that at all, or no? 
Yeah, I, I've I've had the fortune of seeing the players at practice in Poway, and uh-huh. uh, you know, meet and talk with the coach, and work a lot with the uh, the front office. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a phenomenal organization across the board. Yeah, they're having fun, and so are you. Anyway, good luck with all, Ed. Thank you very much. I appreciate that uh, that you called, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Okay. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Now the rest of those. Speaking of conservation and energy and everything else, uh, today's show is de- going to be dedicated to the energy storage uh, field, which is a growing uh, a growing area in San Diego and hopefully the U.S. And we have two experts uh, in that field there, and we're coming up with a breaking up. But I'll introduce them very quickly here from from Sun Fusion Sun Fusion Solar Sales. Uh, he's the sales manager, Daniel Holbrook. Dan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And then also we have uh, the senior vice president from I Demand Energy Storage, and his name is Ray Trio. Ray, welcome. Thank you. So um, anyway, we've got, well, we actually have a minute and a half. Why don't we start with, with uh, Dan real quick and tell us about just your background, uh, you know, born and raised where, and then how you got into the uh, energy and electricity field. Well, Boren's probably my most significant accomplishment, Guantanamo mm-hmm. Bay, Cuba. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, everyone needs an exciting moment in life, <laughs> so I can, you know, I can harken back. So, yes, I've... Uh, you can go back there now. Yeah, well, I was excited. I was excited at the prospect of going, but uh-huh. uh, Lord knows I've been given the option of choosing uh, citizenship at 18, and I chose to be U.S. Okay. despite getting out. But no, after that, uh, spent the rest of life here in San Diego, mm-hmm. Navy family, and uh, you know, spent my life in mortgage real estate, and real- interestingly enough, morphed over into energy. Which high school did you go to here? Claremont High School. Claremont, wonderful. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did you, and did you go to any university? university San town? Diego State University. All right. Boy, boy, talk about born and bred. Richard's a USD product and, and everything. So, And then... Um, uh, actually, we have about, well, let's go to the break right now. We only have a few seconds. So we'll be right back with uh, all this information about energy storage with Ray Trio and Dan Holbrook right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back. You're rich. Well, that's you in Hawaii. That's for me, Hawaii Five O. Hawaii Five O. We're back with Dan, Daniel Holbrook from Sun Fusion Solar, Ray Treo from I Demand Energy Storage, and uh, Richard back from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Dan, how many years did you? I'm curious. How many years did you spend in Cuba? A couple of years. Two okay. years. Two years. Sorry, okay. Well, while we're on the subject, Dan, let's just go into the background a little deeper in your your energy expertise. And so, tell us about uh, at San Diego State. Did you study uh, engineering or electri- electrical? Anything? Oh electric? no, I'm oh. I am absolutely not the science guy, the mm. engineer. I ignore the mathematician. Mm. I am the sales guy. Gotcha. I've actually spent most most of my life working through real estate and mortgage, mm. and have and real estate development, and kind of moved into energy in 2008 and you know if you guys remember your ancient history in 2008 wasn't such a good time in the real estate world or in any world (laughs) (laughs) so in in 2008 uh, looking to take a wealth of experience in uh, financial and development services and, and actually found an interesting parallel in energy and the development of energy in in uh, uh, farms, solar farms, and then into the residential energy usage and understanding, and looking really today at about uh, the opportunity for people to take uh, as I've refinanced uh, through mortgage industry for thirty years, thousands of home loans 
Now we're looking at refinancing essentially utility bills from the rental of the utility into the ownership. And what has happened lately, you know, solar's kind of old passe. Many people think they know everything they need to know about solar. But what has happened and through Ray's company is really brought that ability home to a level that people could do is the ability to refinance that utility bill into the ownership of power, not just the generation of the power through solar, but the actual ownership of the power through the storage. It's a game changer. Wow. So the solar industry, if you look at it on a... And this just occurred when? Just a few years ago with the mortgage factor or... Well, yeah, actually, what, what happened... This had to get legislated well, in, yeah, right? My question, yeah. so you, you made the move in 08. How, how big was the solar business back in 08? It, it, not very big. It was tiny, right? Yeah. It, it That's was right tiny. Yeah. And, and actually, interestingly enough, compared right now, as big as we see the solar business, mm-hmm. on a scale of 1 to 10, if you measure size, the like, solar business like might be a 2 right now compared to energy, which is the capacity of being a 10. Mm-hmm. Huge, hmm. huge change. So ha- being able to generate power is one thing, but the solar, you only generate power when the sun is up. Mm-hmm. And most of our, that's only 20 to 30% of our usage. Right. But when the sun goes down, you know, candles still aren't a preferred source <laughs> of power. Yeah. So the storage is basically a game changer. Mm-hmm. And what Ray's company, IDS, has been able to do is, you know, there's always been storage. I mean, you could, you know, fill your garage full of, you know, car batteries and, you know, fill it up and and run it that way. And that has been an off-grid solution. But it's, one, not terribly safe, and also it's uh, not economically viable. But the diamond, it's like the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. What has happened is the price of energy is just continues to rise, unrelentingly rise and rise Mm -hmm. and rise. And the utility company in response to solar is changing the rules of the game and mm-hmm. in order to it's a fight for position and they want to remain relevant as the private investor owned utility monopoly mm-hmm. and then what's happened is energy storage over the last decade has been most of the r d in uh, in the you know renewables industry and what's happened is the price has gone down the price of solar has gone down and the utility prices continue to go up and the cost of money is low enough. All of those come together that it costs less to own the power and manage and store the power than it does to rent the electricity from the local muni- municipality or mm-hmm. uh, utility. Yeah. So given the choice, which would you rather do? Would you rather own or would you rather rent? Right. And so that's well, uh, the change, how many, dynamic change. How, how many homes and businesses would you estimate are either totally or partially off the grid? I know UCSD, the whole campus, is probably upwards of 90% now. It, yeah, they told us over 90%. Yeah, um, right. they, were, they were 88, I guess, at yeah. high, at high um, the capacity uh, a period in the day, but later on at night. But I think they're... I don't know if they're how much they're into storage though. That's a good question. But how do you know? How, you have some clients and businesses that are just completely off the grid. You must have a few, right? Actually, interestingly enough, it doesn't. If you don't have to be, mm-hmm. I don't really see a reason to be because. But there's a lot of businesses that are starting to use the grid as the backup. Yeah. And so, I mean, the idea is if you, it's just another source because many businesses have basically various levels there are companies hospitals that will go out that will have 
you know, the the gener the backup need, generators, then the backup batteries, and the backup this, and you know, they need. Are we many getting how, how, how about the fuel cells? Are those becoming more popular? I hear some hospitals and some big, uh, you know, institutional buildings actually have a fuel cell generator. Uh, I don't know if they have them here. I know UCSD has one, the well, the largest one on any campus. But uh, well, yeah, there, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, types of backup. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the, you know, natural gas. Yeah, generators. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. all yep. sorts of different things, uh, but what what's happening is the the race is to figure out what is cost effective, and yeah. what's happening right now is the battery storage wasn't really one of the most cost effective or productive. But the, but the technology is getting better, right? Yeah, the technology has come into an, its own, and it's it's marketable. Yep. It's it's not just something that somebody and, pa and patentable. Who owns all those patents? Does anybody know? Is it GE or is it uh, some other co Asian company? I mean, they must uh, be fighting for this, right? The the IP or the well, I, and, and Ray can speak better to this. But yeah. you know, in in truth, you know, every everything <laughs> everything is can be patentable. It can can't be necessarily protected. So there's a lot of different patents mm -hmm. on all sorts yep. of different things. But, you know, filing a patent is easy. Protecting a patent gets a little bit more difficult. But oh. until uh, the market gets large enough, uh, we'll see how that fight settles mm -hmm. down. But now as far as, uh, let's say I have solar and I'm generating, uh, you know, electricity back into the grid, because they used to, they used to be, uh, I guess, give you a credit or so for they that, credit right? credit you back, yes. Have they changed those rules or rates or anything? Because I, I heard, I thought I heard that they might, might have, heard, you know, changed those and they're not as attractive for consumers anymore. But maybe you could. Correct. Yeah. The, um, so that's what we moved into, what they call net metering mm -hmm. 2.0. So SDG&E went into it late last year. Um, PG&E started at the beginning of the year, and um, Edison will be doing it um, by July 1. Mm -hmm. So moving into 2.0, what we're running into is that now you are still getting credits for your solar that you push back during the day or the solar energy. The thing that they're flipping on us is that you have to buy it now at, um, at night at a higher rate. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is forcing more people into time of use. So they adjust how much electricity costs at a certain time of the day, and they're moving it out of solar production time, which is your, let's say, you know, eight to four your peak during rates. the day, mm -hmm. correct, and moving it into the evening from, you know, two to eight or four to ten. Hmm. So they're shifting their prices. So obviously, you know, they're not in it to lose money. You yeah. know, the utility still needs to make their cash. Mm. And, and we, by the way, will do a more formal introduction of that voice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, we've got a minute and a half to the break. Let's do it now. Yeah, Ray, uh, yep. born and raised where and, and schooled where? Real quick. Um, I'm out of, um, actually, Lakewood, out in L.A. Okay. And uh, born out there in Artesia, uh, moved to Temecula, um, and went to school at Temecula High. Uh, went to San Diego State for mechanical engineering. And, um, and from there, I, yeah, I love things that move, and then somehow I got... Stuck in the uh, you got, stationary energy And then <laughs> you got in Palomar, you got an engineering degree there, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Wonderful. Well, yep. Temecula is a nice place for solar power. The, sun, oh, the sun's yes. always out. Always out out there, yep. So yep. I demand energy in, uh, well, in 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys do? And then we'll, we'll have more time after the break, but uh, what do you guys do? I demand energy. Basically, we manufacture energy storage units. Um, so you can take that solar energy that your panels produce, store it, and use it at night um, to make you completely grid independent. Mm. And you just launched when? You just uh, last, last August. There you go. Yep. And it's growing leaps and bounds, would you say? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, let's take our little break. We'll come back with Ray Trejo from uh, I Demand Energy Storage and Dan Holbrook from 
Sun Fusion Solar right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard and I like to thank our sponsors, and I would like to start off with our premier premium sponsor, ABC Family Law. They were our guests last week, uh, Sharon Blanchet and Lisa Christensen, two top attorneys in the field of family law and, of course, their entire firm. So uh, we thank them. And, Richard, you have more to thank, don't you? Well, right after ABC, we got UBS. <laughs> Big thank you to UBS. And Michael Caronta could not do the show without UBS. Now, we don't have any sponsors named XYZ, so I'll get to the rest of them. Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, one of our two CPA groups. Jason's firm is very specialized, a great CFO service firm, also more traditional CPAs, headed up by Paul Polito and Don Epic. That would be Polito Epic CPAs over in San Marcos, California. Also, Joel Grushkin, cost segregation initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, all this money that these sponsors make for you, why don't you stash it at Mechanics Bank? a great regional bank out of Orange County. Sean Puckett, recent guest, of course, is the VP of the San Diego region here for Mechanics Bank, a great niche market bank specializing in companies that are in the real estate business as well as real estate owners and wealthy families. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. The Lombardi Group and the LG Experience, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of financial planners, uh, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs that the financial planners have great relationships with so that CPAs can be heroes to their very best clients. And we have a big event coming up with them, and I'm going to talk more about that in a few shows down the road. Again, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group. Paul Hines, a recent guest. Paul, of course, heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management as well as being the catalyst for SeniorSafeAndSound.org, an initiative here in San Diego helping to prevent elder abuse on the financial side. And of course, Elite Lifestyle Management with Michelle St. Clair. Elite Lifestyle Management helps those of us who have no time get things done from simple things like travel arrangements to more complicated things. And this is a true example for our guest who was born in Guantanamo Bay. Michelle helped somebody get a fishing license and a license to land at a private beach so they could, could go fishing in Cuba before it was even opened up. And smoke cigars. While and smoke do. cigars while they're doing that with the fish. <laughs> also, Brenda Geiger at Geiger Law Office, specializing in asset protection and estate planning. And last but not least, for those of you who get hungry listening to this show because you just don't spend time eating dinner because we're just so intriguing and fun. <laughs> or you can multitask, but also <laughs> there's the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle chicarelli Lirac with all their great sustainability programs with regard to food and sustainability. We do four shows with them a year, and also the uh, the Very Good Night Dinner. We, we actually broadcast from their uh, estate when they do that. That's always mayhem. Yeah, it's wonderful, though. And then also the uh, Lestats Coffee Houses, the original in uh, Normal Heights, uh, University Heights, and now Hillcrest, all open 24-7, 360. Five uh, always great coffee, great food, and uh, great people watching there. And that, I know many that of these. That means they're open seventy-two hours a week, twenty-one days a week. Anyway, 70, 72 hours yeah, a week. Twenty-four times three. Okay, whatever. Yeah, anyway, this is a financial <laughs> show, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, in any case, uh, I know many have been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. Going on thirty years yeah. in some cases, except the ones that haven't been around thirty years. Like Lestat has only been around since I think ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Exactly, They're about and twenty years. Very old. good food foundation, I think twenty ten. But other than that, um, they've all been around a while. So yeah, wonderful. Hey, back to our guests at energy storage. This is a, a growing field. We were talking with Ray and. Um, 
where did we leave off? I know that uh, the, the whole field is, is changing. Uh, the, there's the mortgage aspect now. And um, so what intrigued you to get, what were you doing just prior to launching this, Ray? So um, basically I've been in construction since, uh, shoot, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, working with general contractors, I really got into the specialty of uh, tile work and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I actually got my contractor's license in 2005. Mm. Um, and as I went along, learned more trades, um, applied for my electrical license, um, got that in what, 2010. And um, so, yeah, just kind of around 2008, kind of the same time Dan was talking about, um, we ran into the, the housing market crash mm-hmm. and doing tile work uh, didn't really pay off, couldn't pay the bills and mm-hmm. was looking at other things to move into and just happened to come across a few guys that I knew that were doing solar. And uh, so moved into solar as actually a uh, design engineer. So going through school, um, did all the design work, working with AutoCAD, doing that. Um, learned solar, I guess, from the inside out. Um, started doing the design work, all the line drawings, you know, site plans, mm-hmm. and got into um, actually helping out installing systems, and then got into sales. Mm. So just kind of took solar and, and ran with it. And then when competition really started getting busy, um, I wanted to look at something to kind of separate my company from all the other ones that were out there. And that's when I really started focusing on storage. Energy storage. Yep. So what's the maximum I can store if I have a home? Uh, what what size unit? How big is it? And how much energy can I store? How well, much do you want to store? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the question. Yeah, we actually, um, so we're a little bit different than your, I would say, cookie cutter companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually custom build systems for your application. Mm-hmm. So if you have a giant mansion up in La Jolla, I can give you 100 kWh worth of energy storage to store all that power. You have hmm. a typical home, you know, 15, 1600 square feet. You're probably using 18 kWh worth of uh, energy during the evening. Hmm. So, so we actually custom build. Um, so the know, average home uses about, you say, 18 kilowatts. Yeah, you know, typically hour? we install 18 um, kilowatt hour up to 27 kilowatt hour for hmm. your average homes, and those are typically solar sizes of, let's say, five to 10 kW of mm-hmm. solar. So it's thousand watts, folks. So. Correct. Yeah, so, so how, how, how does the um, market differ here in San Diego where we have lots of sunshine compared to other places where we actually have people who can hear the show carry on Saturday night like Seattle or in the Bay Area where there's not nearly as much sunshine? Well, it you know, and with our company, with energy storage um, as a storage unit, we actually can store um, solar, so sun energy, mm-hmm. wind energy, okay. as well as uh, hydro. Um, any type of water, we have um, some people up by you know, rivers that want to just use their little hydro, um, hydro pumps to create, create an energy. Sure. And plenty of wind in Northern California, not to mention rain and storms. They, they've been, yeah. They right. <laughs> but one of the, one of the other things you need to look at with ener- energy storage, the generation of the power isn't, isn't necessary in order for you to optimize energy storage. You could, you could have a business, for instance, on the business side and commercial businesses, mm-hmm. There are many businesses that have three-quarters of their utility bill, which is not based upon their kilowatt hours, but based on their load, which hmm. is basically the, the capacity that needs to be set aside for them. So what the battery does is there, there are situations where we won't provide a power generation, for instance, working on a seven-story building in Los Angeles that doesn't, obviously, seven-story building in downtown L.A. is not going to put a whole lot of solar panels on that roof you could put about four of them mm-hmm. in the open space but they're using their have they have about a nine hundred thousand dollar a year utility bill 
And so what you can do is manage that power. Used to be that in the storage, in the uh, you know energy management world, you'd have computer programs or controls that you would be able to limit the use or try to control the startup of equipment. So they would be, it, they're like little incremental gains in reducing costs. Mm. But what the battery storage does is enables you, for instance, during the night to, you know, at a trickle, store up the power or at a slow stream, not a fire hose. Even if it's coming off the grid, you're saying. Even if correct. it's coming off, you can yeah. pull the power off the grid, store your battery. So now you have a I full see. battery. So you're absorbing of the energy when the rates are low and then using it uh, when, Absolutely. when the rates are low. Absolutely. It's expensive. Gotcha. Yeah. So they so, call that energy arbitrage. Ah. And a lot I of like commercial that. companies do look at that aspect to um, help get rid of their demand charges. Hmm. So if we can help flatline or you know at least reduce, um, you could be saving business you know thousands of dollars a month. Um, just to so when was the quantum leap in storage that did one of the countries Korea or somebody come up with uh, now we got these new type of batteries what type of batteries are they using and how is it improved so currently we use the lithium iron phosphate batteries mm -hmm. um, lithium was a big gain over lead acid um, for obviously the size the power mm -hmm. um, everything you can do with it so instead of one let's say car battery um, our battery is about half the size and will hold twice the capacity hmm. so you can actually fit you know like uh, we're talking about the residential unit. An 18 kWh cabinet that we build mm -hmm. is like a, a, a small filing cabinet. It's like two foot wide, 18 inches deep, and maybe almost three foot high. Wow. So wow. you can pretty much put Tiny. that wherever and, yeah, run your home at night. Huh. Well, we've got to take a little break, though. We're going to come back with Ray Trejo from I Demand Energy Storage and Dan Holbrook from Sun Fusion Solar right after this. Hang on. <laughs> All right. There's a bonanza of energy out there being stored and sold by Ray Trio and uh, Dan Holbrook here, back with All About Solar. Hey, you guys, uh, what's going on with the power struggle you, that uh, we were talking about at the break uh, between SDG&E and, and whomever? You mean the customers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys, the customers. Those of us who write these large checks? Everybody. Well, actually, I guess the, the power struggle really is uh, the relevance of the private utility. I mean, utility companies back when Thomas Edison basically electrified the World's Fair mm -hmm. in the late 1800s, from that point on, you know, there were... That was every, Chicago's World's Fair, by the way, 1893. Chicago's, yeah. it's Chicago's. And they used Tesla's, uh, what was it, they, the, the DC or AC? I forget which one. But it was... <laughs> DC, wasn't it? It was... Tesla actually did AC. AC, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was AC. AC. That was the big fight. They yeah. Yep. They came up. But yeah. from that point on... People were no longer were you know had the the candles. They wanted to be part of the utility and they'd mm -hmm. be provided by something larger than them. Well, it's they got bigger and bigger. And so in San Diego, and in many parts of in all the parts, there is a utility company which is provided exclusive domain because there's a cost associated with providing that electricity. Mm -hmm. So, Semper Energy. San Diego Gas and Electric has the right to provide power to the homes in, well, in San Diego and in parts of Temecula. Mm -hmm. um, but what's happened is they've continued, they, they are guaranteed a profit for doing their business. And mm -hmm. how they're guaranteed a profit is based on the cost that they have. So they've, they're actually rewarded for spending more money. 
a state-regulated monopoly is the concept, right? But, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. And so what happens, and has happened, is they have interests which are contrary to the interest of the consumer. Mm -hmm. And as such, now the consumers wrestled a bit of control with the ability to generate power. They've lost some customers. And now with energy storage, you have people having the ability to just say no to SDG&E. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing a few months ago, maybe you guys heard this, but County Supervisor Diane Jacob announced that we were going to get some competitors in the uh, electric utility, electrical utility field. And, and I don't know whatever happened with that. <laughs> the yeah, answer is nothing. Yeah. But yeah. I think the only competition they really have is is solar and energy, uh, solar yeah. batteries. Now. But, but companies that are that large, aren't they able to, because they have such large resources, able to adapt and, and for example, enter into a new field to... Well, remember, remember we had Art Ball on talking yeah. about Qualcomm, Ball. and we, yeah. they didn't like Enron. They got right. their energy from Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, they didn't have any problem with the, with the rates. But my question well, sure, is, if you're large enough, then mm. you have the ability. It's like uh, we but, spoke earlier. But MGM, do you think they will? That that who will? That for example, SDG&E will adapt itself and become a different kind of company. With oh yeah, they're they're eventually were, will whether they want to or not. Right. This yeah. is a yeah. disruptive disruptive yeah. technology. It really yeah. is, and you know. And creative destruction any kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> in the economic theory is going to have some winners and losers mm -hmm. and SDG&E's has the infrastructure so the grant their fallback position is we maintain the distribution mm -hmm. and so we you know there's not everyone's going to be able to afford to be able to utilize that so there's always going to be somebody right. to be served now the, the other problem we have is that the infrastructure is is aged yep. and does not apart. meet the new technology. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what has to happen is it needs to Correct. be upgraded, but that's a significant, monstrous cost. Not to mention the cybersecurity thing. Things can get hacked. And matter of fact, matter of fact we had this power failure, this blackout uh, about five years ago on a Friday afternoon. And I, to this day, I still think somebody hacked the system because we never found out. They said one guy in Arizona flipped the switch or did something with a Pulled fuse. Pulled the plug. And, Correct. and knocked yeah. out, you mean to tell me he knocked it out from L.A. to Mexico? I mean, yep. uh, seven million confused. Is that possible? Is that what that, really did happen? That can happen, yep. Wow. Well, then we never identified the guy. Homer and, Simpson. And, and it was, yeah, exactly. And it was, <laughs> it was two hours before the CEO said anything, Donner, so I just yep. thought that was bizarre. But if you're saying that can happen, well, then maybe I'm... Yeah, I'm, and there's actually um, just, a great website um, by Eaton. Mm -hmm. um, it's called the Blackout Tracker, and you can actually go on there, and they have list of blackouts in your local area, everything that shows around the world. I guess just like fires, they can yep. trace it to the and source. And they can tell you what happened. Why, most of them, yeah, and, and it's usually human error. Hmm. Well, I did not know that. Boy, they, you would, you'd think they'd have a fail-safe, some kind of system that they can cut that off. Uh, but but anyway, nope. I digress. Hey, speaking of Enron, a good friend of mine was the lead attorney in that suit. Of course, he went against the banks because Enron was broke. But The first ever are, guest on our show. Yeah, but are we ever uh, in danger of anything like that happening with the rates that happened you know, in 2000, 2001, where they went through the roof in California due to, I guess, some deregulation? Are we in danger of that ever happening again? Or do you have an opinion on that? I can see it happening. You know, with SDG&E, they're going to be trying to do, and I'm not even just pointing out SDG&E, but any IOU, investor-owned utility. Um, they're always looking to for their money. And so that's why, I don't know if you've heard in kind of recent news, but SDG&E, they're trying to claim that they're the greenest, um, mm -hmm. you know, energy company. And so they're buying bulks and bulks of energy storage units, you know, five megawatt hours at a time mm -hmm. and putting them out in Borrego Springs with mm -hmm. their giant solar fields. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I'm thinking, you know, my own opinion is 
they're going to come in and go, well, why are you buying storage for your home when we have it available? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Their attitude is, we can do anything. You can do better. Right. <laughs> it's certainly bigger. Correct. Well, it's going to come down to dollars and cents and, you know, what makes yep. more sense for the consumers. But, you know, ironically, I, I, a few years ago, I had a meeting at the, with one of the senior executives at Sempro because one of my friends was trying to get a solar uh, collaboration going with them. And uh, I told the gentleman, I said, um, he, he's wondering why I was so concerned about the solar thing. And I said, look, I, you know, it was in three in the afternoon, the sun was blazing. You've got a free energy source up there. People just want to go home and flick on their lights. They don't care where it came from. I, I said, if you've got a free source there, you know, you, you should be able to improve your, your profit margin by utilizing that in a better way. So I think. But, but, but it's uh, also safety and quality of life. I know with a lot of seniors in very um, warm areas when you can't run air conditioning, for example, during the high points of the day and it's roasting outside, that's not safe. Yeah, there but have if, to be alternatives. Yeah, but if you've got your own energy stored up, you can, you can right. cool exactly. it off all you want. So. But you Correct. can if you're, if you're one of those that, that took the bait. But keep in right. mind, there's a, all sorts of different interests, even on the infrastructure mm-hmm. issue. Everyone's interest is different. The utility company's interest is different. The state's interest are different than the federal interest. Mm-hmm. The consumer's interest are different. You've got the, the banks. I mean, everyone is has a different play. But ultimately, this is going to be a bigger and bigger concern that now has a solution. Ray's company, IDS, has generated ba- a battery that actually provides a solution on a homeowner level mm-hmm. as well as a major major business level in, because how we're going to be charged for energy is going to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, consumers, we're going to go to time of use. Mm-hmm. We're going to be charged differently. And it happened recently. It used to be that the utility companies only penalized the people that used the most electricity. They said, well, let's pass it off that those who are using mm-hmm. electricity. Then they, nobody will complain. Well, they they squeezed the blood out of that turnip as much as they possibly could, and then they started going. Then they changed the rules again and increased the rates of the lower-tiered people. Well, now when it moves to time of use in 2019, you're going to see people that might be used to a $60 utility bill that could be looking at a $120 bill just because mm. they used energy at the wrong which, time which is why they put those smart meters in people's uh in homes right they, correct they, yeah so. oh yeah they, they, that was to help <laughs> them out a lot right yeah. <laughs> so gentlemen gentlemen web you, website yeah let's do this it's i that. yeah i think ray's is ides3.com right correct. yep for uh um, for I, I demand energy uh storage3.com what's the three about just a, so the three is what we were talking about earlier the three different sources of energy you can store so okay. your wind water and solar Perfect, perfect. And then SunFusion Solar, do you want to give a website, Dan? Yeah, that's a real tough one. It's uh, sunfusionsolar.com. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so now you are selling for, how's the, how's the collaboration work between you two guys? Oh, there's a affiliation of ownership okay. you know, between the two, mm-hmm. but SunFusion Solar is also has been doing solar installations, and we install solar for IDS and then we're, we're actually, their batteries. We're a leader in solar. We have about 45 but we're a leader in solar in San Diego here, right? Best in the, California, best in the country, right, as far as that? We, right. we, 
installed Wonderful. more than any, any other place. Wonderful. And, and part of that is driven because we have the highest level of pain. Wonderful. That's right. Dan Holbrook, thank you very much. Gentlemen, thank you. Yeah, Ray Trejo, Connie thank Lewis, you very much. thanks for coming in. Yeah, Connie, thanks for helping us out. Richard, thank you, you show, welcome back. And uh, Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blank, our con executive, and to Dave Sniff, our programming genius for KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Bye, see you next time.